Welcome to the like, Destiny Podcast. I'm going to take you guys through a couple of different streams as well as talking to you about the random topics as well. Um, but one of those things is the character of God. And that's something that is... Ah, that's what theology is all about. It's, a, it's the, the study of him, but not as a, as a lab rat, as an object that we study from the outside. I think that's where, that's where a lot of bad theology comes from. Because we sit in our rooms completely disengaged from life, making up theories about God and somehow we think this is what theology is about. It's this, it's, the Bible didn't just, unlike the Book of Mormon, <laughs> uh, the Bible didn't fall down from heaven in one finished piece of work. Bam! There's a Book of Mormon. It's it John Smith. Somebody Smith. Jim Smith. John Smith. Funny. Anyway, I'm not going to go there. It wasn't handed to us. It wasn't handed to Moses or to Joshua or even to Peter. Like, by the way, <clears throat> these are these are all stories. Whoa, this is <laughs> this is when you leave the Bible open with the kids around. Um, this is all stories of people like you and me waking up one day and having an encounter with God in the midst of their lives. Like Abraham, can you imagine? Abraham just, he, this is, this is still really odd to me because he grew up in a, in an occult culture. Yeah. And then out of, out of nowhere, this God appears on the scene. I still have no idea how he spoke to Abraham, but he just spoke. And Abraham thought that that'll be a voice I'll listen to. Yeah. And then. And he says, just come out from there. I'll take you on a little journey. Um, and honestly, it's going to be the best thing of your life. Where are we going? Don't worry about it. What are we going to do? Don't worry about it. I'm going to tell my dad, don't worry about it. <laughs> and he did it. He did it. <laughs> and he just, he just keeps wondering. It's not like, ah, oh, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, his wife's asking him, so Abraham, <clears throat> where are we, we going to go? Milk and honey land somewhere. <laughs> there's, there's, there's God who, uh, who only I know about. <laughs> Nobody else. He, he told me just to trust him. I was like, all right. Um, and they go on this journey. And he just struggles with, oh, I don't have an heir. Like, what am I going to do? And yet. This God comes and just encourages him and keeps promising him over and over and over again. This, you're going to be the father of many. Through you, all nations will be blessed. It's like, all right. There's, there's stories of, you know, just people being, being faced with giants, with gigantic problems, with very real problems. The Moses in the desert having to provide it's like this wasn't my idea to take you guys out of egypt but i somehow i you seem to be making me responsible for all of this thing just because i'm the guy that listens to god 
And all of a sudden, the whole people is like, well, Moses, you, you brought us out here. You better feed us. What? Now, that's still what we do with our pastors, yeah? You're the leader. You better make sure that I'm looked after. Um, and then, and then th- we're the ones that are sick. Like, do something about it. And then, and then this God appears on the scene as always the one thing or the one person that is needed in right that moment. Like, I'm the Lord that provides. Isn't like, guys, by the way, should you ever be in a position where you need provision, just so you know, that's also who I am. You know, this is also on the menu. That's not like that. He's just like, I'm with you, and I'll be with you, and I will be to you and for you, everything that you need in that moment. If you need breakthrough, I'm the Lord, your breakthrough. Yeah? If you need peace, I'm the Lord, your peace. Yeah? If you need comfort, guess what? I am the comforter. I'm your father. If you need provision, I'm the Lord who provides. If you need healing, I am the Lord, your healer. Just like whatever you need, I am. But he didn't reveal that ahead of time. It's just, and it, it, it's, it's this thing of, I can teach you stuff. And you, you may agree with it and you may even believe it. But transformation only happens when you experience it yourself. It really will. And, and so I'm telling you guys, all this stuff right now, take this. It's like, okay, get that. I just, I believe it because um, Timo is right. But make, I want this to become a reality in my life because otherwise it really just will be uh, philosophy. It will be something that, yeah, I kind of agree on it. But when the rubber hits the road, who you really are, what you really believe, that's, you're very f- out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah? If you believe that God is out to get you, that's, that's you know, it's, I don't know, something happens. It's like, ah, oh, I knew, I knew it's, ah. Oh. The very first reaction that people have to toward opposition betrays their hearts, whatever you believe. And, and here is a God who just says, I want you to get to know who I am. Because in whatever you're facing, I am the solution. Because I've been through it already. It's all sorted. But, but you need to believe it, not just know about it. Um, and not just in a temporary kind of, oh, thank you, God, for just easing my pain right now, just taking the pressure off a little bit. Because if you look at the at it, people of Israel in the desert, that's, that's how there was never a transformation that happened in their hearts. There was always just a uh, fix my issue right now. I, I just need this, this immediate relief. But I actually don't. First of all, they never wanted a relationship with God. It was really sad. You know, God brought them out, and he wants to meet with the whole people here on Mount Sinai. And he appears. This is amazing. Like the whole mountain's on fire. This is, this is big. There's a trumpet sound, and it just goes louder and louder. Like nobody's allowed near the mountain because it's just, this is the Lord showing up. And then he just says, guys, I'm going to be your God, and you will be my people. It's like, oh, no, you're not. You can be Moses' God. 
How about Moses? We'll send you into uh, the smoking mountain. You have a chat with God. You come back. You tell us what to do. And we'll do that. And they exchanged this thing that God wanted to invite them into, which is relationship for just give me rules. Because you, God, you're a little bit too scary. Like, we don't trust you. And it, it, understandably so, because this people has been in, in slavery for 400 years. And they, there's, it does something to you when... When disappointment gets heaped upon disappointment and bitterness starts growing inside of you and a hopelessness. And then, and then God just meets them in their need and he brings them out. And, uh, and again, like, I, I love how, how God meets us where we're at. So, you know, he gave, because we think like, because Phil is going to take you in a couple of weeks time through just like law versus grace and all of this and how it's all abolished and you think why did god give the law in the first place if he's gonna get rid of it afterwards if it like what was he thinking but there's a people that doesn't they they don't even know how to be human they grew up as slaves as property and then god just teaches them how to be how to do relationship in in the most basic fundamental way guys don't take somebody else's stuff you've got value don't take somebody else's wife she's got value just it's that don't lie to each other honor each other it's it's he, he teaches them how to be how be basic humanity just that that they never knew but then as as we mature throughout the centuries it's like actually that that's what you could cope with back then but now because that was just a shadow now i'm going to reveal jesus to you this is what it was all about and, uh, yeah, so he, just, he takes us on this journey. Um, but he always wanted relationship. And, and so often we still take this step back and be like, ah, I'd, cause it takes, cause it takes ownership on our part. It's a lot easier just showing up on a Sunday and putting a bit of money in the offering and letting somebody else do the spiritual work for you. Yeah. Andy, you just, you know, you're, you're getting paid to hang out with God. And then you're getting paid to tell me what he's saying to me every Sunday. That's what you're getting paid for. My job is to sit in this chair, shut up, and give you some money. And as scary as it is, but this is what a lot of our lives look like. And God says, let's just do this a little bit different. Let's have relationship. So us going through... The character of God, different names. It's it's not a comprehensive list by by a long shot. It's just a couple of names and a couple of stories where where He just showed up as exactly what the people needed <clears throat> in that moment. Um, Romans eleven twenty nine. It says that the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. Um, King James says without repentance, um, meaning. When God gives something, he doesn't take it back. That's, that's very strange. Yeah? When he gives something, he doesn't take it back. Again, it comes back to your thermostat. 
like if I'm still responsible for his happiness and how he feels about me, if I don't meet his criteria, he's going to be sorry he gave me that gift. And then he's going to take it away again. Yeah. And yeah, apparently the gifts of God are irrevocable. And I think that's why our character is so important. Because when we see him, we're being transformed into his likeness. Um, and that's why you see, sadly, sometimes big Christian ministers falling. You know, and you think, how can they still be on stage, heal people? How can God honor the gift in them when, you know, behind closed doors, I don't know, they live an immoral life, whatever that looks like, whether it's financially or sexually or drugs or whatever it is that we think is bad, yeah? And, and like, if I was God, I'd be like, whoa, 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 buddy, this doesn't work like that anymore. Rup, take that gift away until you get yourself fixed. And then slowly, because I really don't trust you anymore, slowly I give it. God's not like this. But all the more so, he's like, guys, that's why I want you to have a character that can sustain the gifting of God. It's almost like a <clears throat> the gift of God is the diamond and, and our character is the ring that, that the diamond sits in. And he says, the bigger the diamond that I'm going to give you, the bigger the ring needs to be. Otherwise, otherwise it'll corrupt you. It really will, you won't be able to handle it. Sooner or later, you, you will try to have a shortcut. Or you think, ah, you know, the proverb says, who can, who can pour hot coals into their laps and not be burned? Like, sooner or later, we think, ah, a little bit of sin. I can handle, as soon as you think I can handle sin, you're already lost. Let me tell you that. And for my own life, as soon as I think, it's like, that little bit, I can handle this. No chance. Proverbs 18, verse 16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And that's, that's one of my biggest promises of God that I'm holding on to. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Because the promises of God over my life, they're so big, they're out of my reach. Yeah? I cannot get myself into the presence of great men. But what I can do is be faithful in the things that he's given me now and steward the gifting inside of me and trust that that is actually going to make way. I'm going to tell you what I tell every student. You're really called for greatness. You are, this is inside of you. And as you keep walking, you will more and more step into leadership roles. It will happen. So all the more, allow God just to address some character issues that need adjusting in order to, to steward the immense gifting that he's given you well without it corrupting you or damaging other people around you. Yeah? <clears throat> There's this, um, you guys know the story of Joseph and his brothers, and um, he was a bit obnoxious. He really was, you know, just throwing it in their faces, even in mom's and dad's face and all of that. They, they sell him into slavery, um, and there he is, 
And uh, in, in Psalm 105, it actually says, Until the word of the Lord came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. That's a weird concept. But basically, there was this promise that God's given him, you know, in his dreams. Even your mom and dad will bow down to you. <laughs> That's a big thing. And, and all, the, all the other dreams that haven't been recorded, but he must have had some more. Yeah? All the, but until the word of the Lord came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. It's like, can your character hold the promises of God without corrupting? Because right now, you're not walking in those promises. You just have those promises and you're rubbing it in your brother's faces. Probably not the best, yeah? But, but for you to be able to walk in the fullness of those promises, your character needs to be in a place where you can lay down your life for others. And you see his story. He gets sold into slavery, but there's something inside of him that is full of integrity and, uh, and, uh, and excellence. And everything that he does is, well, Potiphar recognized that straight away. Joe's just going to look after my whole household. <clears throat> and uh, Potiphar's wife's like, ooh, you know, a bit of eye candy there. Um, going to make a move on. And I love this, what, what he says, like, shall I sin against God and do such a thing? This is, honestly, lots of people, if you were in this situation, it's like, you feel God forsaken. You know, your own brothers have sold you into slavery. This is, this is bad by any standards, yeah? They, those brothers would probably get, I don't know, have a trial in Den Haag. You know, that, that, this, is, this is how bad it is. Lots of people in that, in that scenario would probably think, you know what? Who cares? God's not even watching over me anymore. Because where is he? Where is he? Yeah, where are all his promises? So if Potiphar's wife wants to make a move on me, there's probably only benefits for me at the moment because, you know, sex, who's not going to say no to that one? And then I probably get lots of little extra treats that other slaves don't get. So why not? And then he just, he, he does this incredible, integrous thing. And now what's his reward? He gets thrown into prison. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is, this is nowhere near, it doesn't, it doesn't say anything about that in the Bible. But me as a husband, I know my wife. Yeah? I'm pretty sure Potiphar knew who his wife was. And yet, just this thing of, I'm going to always take my wife's side above a slave's. That must have been a very awkward meeting again once he became second in command. It's like, hey, Potiphar, remember me? Hey, Potiphar's wife. Hey, how's he going? <laughs> um, anyway, I, get, I love all the stuff that isn't written in the Bible that you just know. Because life, it's just, it's going to happen, yeah? So he's there in the dungeon. And again, he does things so excellent that the dungeon master puts him in charge of all of it. And... Uh, and there he keeps his integrity and his excellence and he interprets dreams and the dreams come true, both of them. One of the guys dies, the other one gets reinstated after three days. And then, and then the thing that he makes the, um, the wine bearer, the cup bearer, promise him is like, remember me. Does he remember him? Nope. Yeah, it's two years I think it takes after that 
before he then gets taken from the prison into in front of Pharaoh. And it just, it all happens in a day, literally. It's just from the pit, quite literal, to the most important and powerful man apart from Pharaoh in all of Egypt and the known world there. Until the word of the Lord came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. And there's this thing. Honestly, there's no shortcuts to character. There's a lot of shortcuts to other bits. There is impartation. I really do believe in that. There is, there is impartation through honor as well. You know, if you receive a prophet in the name of a you will receive a prophet's reward. But stuff, character, and, and this is not me. I'm not somebody who says, oh, your life is going to be miserable and is, that's, you know, praise the Lord. Not, not like that. I'm more of the happy, clappy, sunshine kind of guy. But it's only in the tough times that you have to choose and that your character is, is when it just feels like you have been betrayed or you're being treated unjustly or somebody gets promoted above you that you would deserve it more than they do or you've been accused of something falsely or whatever it is. Those are the times where that's when you grow the most. That's when you get transformed. That's when you realize what is really going on and you're faced with this is who I am. Dad, right now, I'd love to punch that person. And if I don't get to do it, please make somebody else do that. Um, but actually, this is, how, this is how I choose to walk through this situation. <clears throat> um, even Jesus in Hebrews 5 says, though he was a son, he had to learn obedience by the things he suffered. Now, I'm not... I'm not preaching a gospel of suffering for everybody, all of that. But there was, there is, I'm just telling you, you don't need the devil in order to have trouble in life. Yeah, just life in itself, in this world, you'll have enough chances to walk in humility or just, you know, just choose to just, I'll just give you the other cheek as well because, um, and in those moments, that's when knowing who you are and knowing who God is is going to make the difference in how you walk through those situations. It will. You know, and Jesus, Luke 2 says, Jesus kept increasing in, in wisdom and favor with both men and God. And there is this maturity and this growth. Um, I, don't under, I still don't understand how Jesus could grow in favor with God. But he did. And uh, it's incredible. It really is. <clears throat> but for you guys, get to know your dad more and more and more. In every situation, as exactly the one that you need him to be. And uh, he's never, he's never going to put you in a situation that you're not prepared for. He never puts you in a situation for you to fail. You really won't. Quite the opposite. It's like whenever there is temptation, we are more than equipped to walk through this. It's still our choice whether we remember actually who we are and who he is. Um, all 
All this links right back to worship. Because that's who we are. We are worshipers. That's our life's calling. And it's not about singing on a Sunday. That, singing on a Sunday is the overflow of what our life looks like in the week. And at, again, that's why some people's worship feels really shallow. Because there isn't much that is happening in the week. And that's, why, that's where depth comes in as well when we sing about who he is. And uh, do you remember when, when people said about Jesus, when he teaches, he teaches with authority. Unlike the Pharisees. Like, he was probably using the same words. But Jesus, you speak as if you know what you're talking about. I love this um, Tina Turner song, Simply the Best. You know, speak the language of love like you know what it means. It's exactly that. And when you sing about his goodness, and you've just walked through a week of just... This being tested and shaken when things don't look like God is good. And you still, your very first reaction is, ah, I just wonder what you're going to do now, God. I can't wait for you just to turn this into something glorious. When you sing about his faithfulness and you just, you know, there's just this, this week of just holding on to who he is. There's depth there. There's just, there's an anointing on that stuff versus I'm just singing songs. They're still true. Theologically, they're true. But they're just, there's no depth to them. <clears throat> it's him that has promised us. And we, we're going to go through that in a lot more detail in the new creation week. As I'm going to take this in Ezekiel twice, he promises us. I'm going to take this heart of stone out of you. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm the one that changes you. I'm the one that speaks that transformation to you. Um, you're the one that gets to say amen to that. You're the one that gets to respond with, a, with an embrace. It's not your job to make it happen, but it's your, your job to respond to that. And you can choose not to respond to that. That's called stiff neck. Yeah, that really is. There's, there's also consequences for that. And uh, they're, they're not good. Um, in his kindness, he just, he, he just meets you constantly over and over and over again and and that's the beauty of him if we we never we never realize that this situation whatever it is is a test until it's over and it's like ah oh, oh it's ah oh, if i knew it would have been a test i would have reacted completely different and god's so kind like don't you worry that test is going to come tomorrow again <sighs> all right <laughs> if you, if you if you can't if you don't manage it tomorrow you know what, exactly, we're just going to try the, the day after, and then the day after, and then the day after. He is that kind. And I want to I encourage you, because again, you've got people, you've got Christians that then complain about that they're stuck in this one thing. I'm stuck in this season. I'm stuck in this thing. And I'm telling you why they're stuck, because they're fighting against the breakthrough that God wants to have them in. Because rather than saying, rather than asking the Father, so who are you in this situation for me right now? They're accusing him. In the desert, are you looking for, you know, you're hungry and you're thirsty? Is your, is your you have two choices. I can accuse God for my situation and be 
be complaining, yeah, or I can look to him as the one who provides. I can't do both simultaneously. I'm going to choose one or the other. And honestly, the quicker you come to the second one, the quicker the season is over. It really is. And the longer you resist that one and keep accusing him, because, because this is a fundamental lesson that he needs you to comprehend and learn in order to walk in greater maturity, he's not going to, because he doesn't want you to get corrupted in your character and, and all of that stuff. Um, <clears throat> Jesus, the very first thing that happens after he gets baptized, what, what is that? Desert. Who took him into the desert? How dare the Holy Spirit take anyone in the desert? <laughs> Thought it was the devil that does that. Seriously. Why, why, why the Holy Spirit? Why? And then apparently not, he may have, but as far as we know, nothing happens for 40 days. Jesus just wanders aimlessly in the desert. Gets, <laughs> and then the, the Bible is so funny. It says, and he was very hungry. <laughs> slight understatement and then at his weakest point that's when the devil now appears and he tempts him with all sorts of things um but it's it's this thing of you know you can either kick and fight and get dragged into the desert screaming complaining how unfair god is how unfair life is how it's just oh if god was really good ah oh, it all you know chris has he's got a really nice life but my life oh it sucks and the lord's making me do this this and that and he's never that kind to me how can i sing about the goodness of god we can say you know what holy spirit i have no idea why we're, where we're going right now but i trust you and it's going to be good and and even there and honestly the desert that's one of my favorite Stories in the whole Bible. Because for the first time, a son of Adam stands up and stands victoriously when the devil comes and accuses him and tries to undermine the identity of this is my beloved son. If you really are the son of God. And there's Jesus, the last Adam, stands victorious. Oh, oh, it's like, before the, before the amazing victory on the cross, that is like the second best victory ever. Where son of Adam stands on the promises of his father and he trusts his dad. And he doesn't go back on the promises of God and starts rethinking them or doubting him. He stands thrice. I like that word as well. Thrice. Ah, Anyway. Where was I? Get sidetracked with Jesus. I like him a lot. Back to worship. Yes. Because when Jesus says, you know, the time will come and it actually is now. Where the Father is looking for worshipers, true worshipers, and they must worship him in spirit and truth. I don't have a full grasp on it. And there's lots of people teaching on that. And none of the teachings that I've heard so far have have done the click inside of me. They're like, yeah, this is it. So I'm still working on this. Um, but A, we are spirit. It's, it's knowing who he is, responding to what goes on in heaven, falling in sync. This is what I believe 
worship is. This is you can feel this in our corporate worship times. Sometimes it's just a song. It's a good song, maybe even true, but it's just a song. And sometimes there's a momentum there. There's you just like, oh, I don't know what it is, but I just need to sing this again because you just feel this is this is this is the only right thing to say and to sing in this very moment. And then a second later, it's gone. You're like, what happened? We, we, I thought we we're just going to stick with this thing and just and it's Holy Spirit just in you know, his left turns, right turns because he's in relationship. And uh, and that's what I believe is worshiping in spirit is the fault. Stop asking God to bless what we do and actually start doing what he blesses. Yeah. Falling in sync on earth as it is in heaven, having eyes firmly fixed on him. And then just, you know, if he goes through, if I, I'm a very pictorial person. So I like, <clears throat> I have this thing as, it's like, a, it's like a train. And it stops, you know, in our corporate worship session, it stops at different stations. It stops at the praise station. It stops at the high praise station. It stops at the intimate station. It, it stops as the intercessory. It stops at the holiness station. It stops at all sorts of stations. Sometimes it just rushes right, right, right through one because today that's not important, but this one is. But for us, we need to learn actually being in sync with Holy Spirit. Where are you right now? How long are you camping out at, the, at this one station, whatever this station is, even though everybody else may want me to move on, but I know Holy Spirit is not quite done yet. Or we're rushing right through this one today because that's not important today. Holy Spirit just wants to emphasize this thing. I believe that is the whole in spirit is this this sensitivity to him and rather than just us doing our five songs we got to start with a quick one you know and go deep and bring people back up again it's like no just just follow holy spirit and then truth worship him in truth and that's worshiping him for who he really is that's why Jesus came, because people didn't worship the Father for who he really was. They had, they had this warped, perverted view of him. And that's, that's why people are like, oh, Jesus, I like hanging out with you. It's been ages since I've been to the temple and sacrificed stuff. But, man, Jesus, I like you. And that's why Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to love my dad. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's all about revealing the father in truth in jesus colossians says that it pleased the father you know the fullness of the godhead to dwell in him it's great and so and so this is why we're going through this journey of discovering his some of his names and just digging into what does it actually mean and then to be able to worship him truly as the provider to worship him truly as the father to worship him truly as my breakthrough, as my peace, as my righteousness. Not just songs that we sing, but it's like, oh, now I've encountered you. Now I've got my own stories. You cannot fight with somebody else's story. Somebody else's story is the reason I'm going to talk about this probably sometime later. You'll hear me say this a lot. And then I'll never get around to it. Um, My story is supposed to 
be the, <clears throat> the catalyst for your breakthrough. But if all you have is my story, you have very little in your life. Yeah? So celebrate my stories, but take them as your own. And say, okay, Dad, now, since you're no respecter of person, you know, if you can do it for one person, you can do it for everybody. Paul says that to, I think, Timothy. It's like, this is why we've, you know, these stories, they're for our benefit, so that we may be instructed. It's like, this stuff that happens to Moses, take it as your own. Yeah? Take it. But then, it needs to become your own as well. So, when David goes and fights Goliath, or is about to, first of all, this is not the first time he fought. Yeah? He's had his... He has his own stories. Nobody was watching. And this is, again, where it comes down to your integrity. When, when the spotlight is not on you, when nobody's watching, when it doesn't make any difference, and yet it does. Because Jesus says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you publicly. I love this. Both about fasting, about giving, about everything. It's just all about, because all this public things, like... Anybody wants to be the best version of themselves publicly. It's about who you are when nobody's watching. So, so, so David, looking after the sheep, yeah, and there's a bear coming. Like, what would you, honestly, I, I know what I would do. If, if, so this bear has taken little, I don't know, lamb Eddie. You know what? Lamb Eddie, thank you for your service and your sacrifice for the greater good. Yeah. And then there's a lion coming, and he takes lamb number two. I'm like, you know what? You, you know, you win some, you lose some. I lost this one. I'm still looking after, not David. What does he say? <laughs> I love this. He grabs him by the beard. Who grabs a lion by the beard or a bear? Like, who does that? <laughs> like the 16-year-old kid. Only 16-year-olds do that. They think, I'm invincible. I'm going to grab the lion. I'm going to rescue the sheep, the little lamb out of its mouth. Who does that? But that's, that, was the, that was the heart inside of him. It's like, and now he meets Goliath and he's got his stories. And then Saul offers him his own story. Saul offers him his armor. It's like, you fight with that one. He's like, I can't fight with somebody else's story. I can't. Go to the, somebody else's stories. They're great to get me into my own thing. But when it comes down to battle, when it comes down to facing a situation, only my own story will stand. It just is like that. So only your own stories will stand. That's why take these stories that you read in the Bible. Take our stories. Celebrate them. They're windows for you to walk. They're doors for you. Not windows for you to look through, but doors for you to walk through into your own breakthrough. But you need to walk in your own breakthrough. If you don't, when the desert time comes for you, where it feels like, ah, right now it'd be so much easier to give in rather than to stand, you will fall because you don't have anything to hold on to. You don't have your own stories. You've got Bill Johnson's stories. You've got Heidi Baker's stories. You've got Andy Chan. They mean nothing when, when, when the rubber hits the road for you. Your own stories with God where you know, but he, this is who he is to me. That brings depth in your walk with Jesus. Amen. This is hopefully what is going to, what, 
the fruit of me taking you guys through the character of God, through some of his names, getting to know who he is, hearing stories about him, them triggering this desire for us to see that in our own lives, to walk in that reality for me. And then, and then having my own stories that will hold, stories that I can go to war with, stories that I can build upon, stories that just, you know, it, it just, this is my story. Um, this, is, this is who my God is to me. And, and therefore, now when I start singing, now when I start worshiping in spirit and truth, there's depth to that because it comes out of a place of my life. Ha! Okay. Well, Holy Spirit, I ask for a greater revelation of who you are. I thank you for the privilege that we have of just soaking up and learning from those heroes of faith, those stories. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just, ha, make them real in our lives. Even more so. Oh, going deeper. Getting to know you for who you really are. That we want to worship you in spirit and truth. Want to get to know who you are. Ha. Want to walk in that greater reality. Ha, more and more. Hey. To, ha, that, that prayer is just what our life is like. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That our reality is always a being superimposed by your truth. That you just, ha, that in everything that we encounter, we would always, our very first reaction is looking to you. Who are you in this situation to us? And how do we get to walk through this? in victory because dad with everything that you have for us there's always victory attached to it and i thank you for that ha so for the next couple of months whoo we just want to embrace even the times that feel tough ha because i thank you dad that you do everything that you do is for our good ha Everything that you do. You're the one that turns everything around for good as well. Mm. So we say yes and amen. To everything that you have. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. To who you are. Yes and amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the I Destiny podcast. For further information check out www.idestiny.org.uk